0: Hello again, everyone. This is Angela, and you're listening to the Angela Giles-Clocky podcast that comes out on whichever day it comes out on. I'm just kidding. I'm going to get really better about this. I have made a plan, and I will be sticking to it-ish. Consistency has never necessarily been my greatest strength, but I'm working on it and i have tools to get me there so i'm trying to be consistent with when the each of these episodes are going to come out each week i'm actually aiming for mondays so let's say but i don't know there's been and i know i just said say let's say i got i got southern really quickly let's just say that i've tried all the days of the week now and i you know it was just it was an experiment and And I tried to see what it looked like skipping weeks. It's all lies. I just got to it when I got to it. Now, people hate it, as other people say, they say, people hate it when you start something with apologies about, oh, I'm sorry, it took me so long to get here to write or to post a blog post or whatever. But the reality is that is just what it is. And I want to acknowledge it that you know, something that I've been working on with myself is consistency and planning. And even though I'm really great at planning, I'm not always great at the execution of the plan and getting all of those great ideas that I have put into action. And it's easy to plan things out for me. It is definitely more challenging to implement as a uh, Gallup strengths trained coach, or I'm not with Gallup strengths, but as a person who is trained in Gallup strengths and as a strengths coach, I know my own strengths well. And it just so happens that consistency is in the bottom uh, of my strengths. Doesn't mean that I'm not a consistent person. Uh, I actually have the ability to take each and every situation or person individually, right? So I don't apply a consistent overview to everything that I do or every person that I work with. But I do need consistency in some of the ways that my business runs, my writing business, my photo business, my coaching businesses. So knowing how we operate helps us to find ways to compensate for what we don't have. So I might not have consistency as a strength, but I can find tools to become more consistent. And that's what I'm working on. And I would just encourage you, when you get to know yourself better and better, right? Know thyself. You get to learn all the ways, not just what you think and how you feel, but where you operate at your greatest and where you don't and then where you need to compensate for that. So for me, activation is also lower on my list of strengths. I am great at ideating and I'm great at connecting with people, but I'm not always the best at execution. So getting all of those things into a great space is, you know, with the workflow that I'm working on in all areas of life. And it just spills over into everything. You know, when you're more consistent as a you know, person or you show up as a podcaster on a consistent date where your listeners can count on it, they know they're getting it on that date then you start to build that into all the other areas of your life. I think of it in terms of, you know, when you have a routine, right? Once you get a routine started, you can then add some things in. So my daily routine, I don't necessarily call it my morning routine anymore because it's just evolved, but my daily routine includes, you know, a series of activities such as reading and journaling and gratitude uh, listing and Uh, writing out affirmations and saying affirmations and visualizing myself and, you know, and and doing the things that I, I really want to do so that I'm not just writing it down, but I'm seeing it happen in that beautiful, you know, brain dream, uh, planning, whatever that happens. And, you know, Spanish, I take my, I do my Spanish every day and I may not do all of these things for very long periods of time, but they're happening every day. And then when you get some consistency and you find yourself being able to return and do that thing each and every day, then you learn that you can be consistent in other areas of your life. And it doesn't have to be consistency, right? It's whatever applies to you. So long, long, long entry point in today. I want to talk to you not about consistency. Ha ha. I just kind of came up as I was like, Hmm, this is something I'm working on. I'm going to talk about it. I actually want to talk about butterflies and moths and how they are related to the journey of healing from trauma. And if you've seen anything about domestic violence in particular, I'm a domestic violence survivor, in case you're new here, and complex trauma survivor, but for domestic violence itself, butterflies are often used in marketing or memes or, you know, uh, inspirational quotes, like, you know, you have pictures of butterflies and people in general love butterflies. We love the idea of that metamorphosis, right? We love the idea of being one way and going through something and then coming out this, you know, big, beautiful creature with wings and we can fly. Right. And the, the idea, you know, the metaphor and that, that whole storyline, all of that is like, you know, growing into this beautiful uh, person and you can fly. Now you have your wings, you're free. And, and the way that applies to the domestic violence journey is, you know, getting free from that abuse and really not even just free from the abuse, but then free from all of that that follows before the real healing starts to take place. For some of us, that real healing, you know, can be immediate where we step into, you know, consciously, we're intentionally leaning into doing all of that work. Um, For others like myself, I didn't start consciously, intentionally leaning into the hard work until several years after my abuse ended my abuse ended in 1997. And it wasn't until 2012 that I really, really, really began to intentionally lean in. And I use those terms because intentionally leaning in, consciously leaning in, because I know a lot of things unconsciously were happening. And I also know a lot of things were happening that I was trying to do. And I think survivors do try to do. There comes a point, however, when we have to Uh, for many of us have to reach out for the professional help that will get us through those places that we don't know what to do with on our own. Especially if we have some behaviors or some thoughts that we think might be normal, and we haven't had any validation outside of that. For me, if it was, you know, this one thought process, and I'm stuck in that pattern, it's what I've seen my whole life, and I don't know another way. It takes being able to talk with a professional to, you know, maybe hear it reflected back to you or to have them say, whoa, that's not okay. And I remember talking to my therapist about some of the incidents I had growing up and not that I necessarily thought they were normal, but I didn't realize they were uh, so shocking. And watching my therapist's face, you know, react to those stories kind of gave me a different idea of like, whoa, you know, and especially if any of those moments I had, like, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, right? Uh, Am I overreacting? And that's with my previous marriage and also with my uh, growing up in the abuse that was in our home. So sometimes hearing that reflected back or seeing how others respond to that is very helpful to help you get out of that place. And then, of course, you know, you go to six weeks of therapy and you come out and you're a butterfly, right? Oh, I wish. <laughs> that would be so nice. So, you know, the journey is, is long. It can be long. I always struggle with these topics because I always want to leave a person with hope and the desire to keep going. And I also don't wanna be unrealistic about how difficult it can actually be. And it's worth every bit of it. So when we think about that butterfly part, what I really started to think about was, well, the butterfly's family member, uh, it's sometimes called the uglier cousin, they are in the same family with a word that I cannot pronounce. So we're just going to say family. The moth is in the family and the moth is not revered like the butterfly. Butterflies are, you know, there's butterflies, p- butterfly pavilions out there. People, you know, dress up as butterflies. Um, there's horror movies about being a moth, right? Mothman, I don't really know, like how, like, but just, you know, moths. I know a lot of people who are scared of moths, but probably don't give two blinks about butterflies. And it's interesting. They're both winged creatures, right? They both fly. I am assuming without doing an extensive research that the moth probably starts off as some wormy thing. Yes, you came here for all of your, your educational needs, right? For about flying insects. I guess they're not an insect though. I don't know. That's why you don't trust me for that. Trust me for the experiences I'm sharing. The rest, I'm going to have to ask you. Google that yourself. The moth, however, that's where we are as survivors for a long time, and nobody actually talks about that. What does a moth do? A moth can be a little bit of a nuisance. I'm not saying a survivor is a nuisance. A survivor is... A little needy sometimes, right? A survivor is and doesn't know what they need, right? Have you seen a moth try to get, you know, through a coming out of a mirror or going through a doorway or something like that? They they just they, they they have no direction, right? And they're needy, but they don't know what they need. Maybe they know what they need. I don't know. I'm not a moth, but I was. I was a moth. What does a moth do that you can think of immediately? Besides eat clothes i've never done that a moth seeks the light but a moth does it in a way that can be off-putting to people and I say that knowing how many people I know who are actually afraid of moths but a moth in human form seeking the light repeatedly and just coming at it and coming at it and coming at it and coming at it and bouncing off of it and seeking it and coming at it can be very off-putting in A situation where they gravitate towards someone that they think could be light, could be a friend, could be a romantic partner, could be, you know, a good uh, co-worker, right? They can come off as seeming very, very needy and like they don't know how to fly. They just need to land. They need to hit that light and land and bounce and land and hit that light over and over And it's, it can be annoying to a lot of people. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people aren't, they feel like to the victim that that person, to that survivor, that they're not a safe person to, to be around. And it's kind of hard to talk about this because, you know, I, I fear that there's going to be a survivor who thinks that I'm saying there's something wrong with this. I'm not, I'm saying this is a phase of our healing. And this is how I've identified it. And this is how I see it from my creative mind and my own lived experience. A moth just does not get the recognition that a butterfly does. And again, they do the same thing. They fly, right? But they don't have the beauty They don't have the grace; they're not flitting about from flower to flower, lovely and photographic, like the butterfly. The moth is annoyingly shooting. You know, if if you've ever been in your bed at night with the lights out and you're let's say you're scrolling on your phone and there's a moth in your room, like you're gonna that moth is gonna find you even if you don't want it to, right? And that can be a little alarming. Uh, depending on how you feel about moths. So imagine that scenario that you are a person who's shown another person kindness. And all of a sudden, this, this person that you showed some kindness to just seems to be flocking around you constantly, right? Constantly. And it can feel like that whole, you know, why are you so obsessed with me? Right? Like, and And it can feel if you don't have any kind of awareness around being trauma informed or, you know, lived experience that you can see it for what it is. It can seem like this person is just annoying. And I know there's some survivors out there either going, no, that's not, that's not me. That's, I never did that. And maybe you didn't, it's possible you didn't. But I think there are probably a lot more survivors who are, you know, further along in their journey who are probably like, Oh, uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But I want you to know I'm calling myself out on this. And if you were late, you know, do what, w- with it what you will. But they come at you over and over, you know, see me, hear me, be my friend, be my friend, be my friend, because you're the light. You're light. You've shown that you're safe enough that you are light. And it doesn't always mean that that person really is a safe person you know to where the the moth gravitates but it it shows that they're aware the the survivor is aware of light and wants that light and what's unfortunate is that a lot of times this is where some of the cycles can repeat is that that desire that strong desire to be in the light can have us looking at the wrong person as being the light because they seem to be the light. They know how to play the part of being the light. But it turns out they're not the light. They're just they turn out the light as soon as it's convenient. And soon and really as soon as the, you know, the person who is has gravitated toward them has connected with them and has maybe, you know, emotional feelings about them and no longer wants to, you know, be away from them. And that's just a simplified way to to talk about that. But I wanted to talk about moths and butterflies because, you know, I may or may not be a butterfly now. I'm, I still have moth-like behavior, right? I will put out content to get that sometimes to get that affirmation, that confirmation that I'm still valuable and worthy. And those are those old patterns that still play out sometimes, but I'm also okay with it that, you know, we, we, are all looking for validation in different ways. And I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm aware of what I'm doing and that I'm in control of what I'm doing, that I'm not just hitting that light and bouncing off and bouncing off and bouncing off and, and just lost. Don't know where I'm going. Don't know what I'm doing, you know, because I feel like for the most part I am that butterfly that is flitting around from spite. <laughs> I almost said spider. That's terrible. That's not what I'm doing from flower to flower. My brain is literally looking around to see if I just spotted a spider and (laughs) making sure that my, my alarm bells aren't going, Hey spider. No, we said that on purpose. There's a spider there. I don't see one. So if you hear me scream all of a sudden, I'll just edit that out. We're good. But you know, I, I'm, I'm from flower to flower and enjoying life for the most part, enjoying the beautifulness, enjoying the freedom, enjoying the wings that I have grown from all of that from before. Now, with all of that story, one of the things that, even though I think, you know, anything that we use, metaphors, analogies, you know, storytelling, while I think those are all beautiful, beautiful ways to help relate and help people understand things, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're humans. We're not butterflies or moths. We're not trees. We're not the earth. We are made of the earth. Yes, we are made from, you know, beautiful and we have it from the beautifulness and we have all of this as part of us, but we're humans. And sometimes when I see things that say like, you know, well, if the butterfly can do it, so can you. You know, I, I also am put off by those kind of things because I'm like, well, mm, butterfly ain't paying no bills. Butterfly's not trying to figure out how to get around to some consistency and get their podcasts out on time. Right. And that goes for all of the ways, you know, like, yeah, I wish I could be more like, I want to say like my dogs. They just, they just love, love, love and eat love and love and love. I mean, I guess, you know, I have some of those qualities, right? But I also have to, you know, pay bills. And nobody is waiting on me hand and foot, spoiling me rotten. But it's, it's important to remember that we are human. And no two experiences are the same. No two stories are the same. So when we share these stories, when we share these experiences, or even more so when we share these metaphors and analogies of, you know, be like the willow tree, you know, bend but don't break, right? That's that's an unfair comparison to all of us. It's unfair to the tree, it's unfair to the human, right? It's that it's like that old um uh, I forget who says it, is it Einstein? Maybe about I'll just <laughs> I'll just figure it out with myself about how, you know, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you know, it'll, it, it'll never succeed, right? It's, it's made to swim. And, you know, the bear can climb the tree and the monkey can climb the tree and uh, other things can climb trees, whatever else climbs trees. Squirrels. We have a lot of those around here all the time, driving our dogs crazy. Squirrels climb trees. They climb trees, jump on the roof, run around, make noise. I can't do that does that make me less than a squirrel or does that the fact that I can do other things makes the squirrel less than me? No, the squirrel is the squirrel and I am me and I am human. So just come back to that place of when you see those stories or even you listen to this podcast and it doesn't relate to you at all. And you feel like, nah, it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. It's not me. You know, that's okay. Right? Cause you're going to find the best way to define you and your experiences and what you need for healing. All I ever ask is that we have conversations about all of this, that we spend time just thinking about how we respond to other people. So if you have, you know, the, the moth like, uh, tendencies yourself, like, you know, give yourself grace around that. That's part of the healing process that you're in. If you have somebody coming at you with that moth like tendency and you don't understand it, you know, ask questions, kind and loving and gentle questions, but ask questions of the person. Don't assume they're a moth, right? Don't assume that they have trauma, but you can always still have a trauma-informed approach. And what that trauma-informed approach means, and you're not going to learn it all right now, but it means understanding that their trauma, their life has had, potentially has trauma, but their something happened to them. There's not something wrong with them. Okay. Even before I was trauma informed trained, I had come up with this quote, you know, um, there's a huge difference between something wrong happened to me and something wrong. There's something wrong with me. And that is true of, well, I would say all of us, right? Something wrong has typically happened to someone who, to whom it seems like, there's something wrong with them. So a trauma informed approach says, I'm, I'm not going to take everything at face value. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to get some clarification. It's okay to have boundaries if that's not for you, right? But just keep in mind that if you're listening to this, you're probably good light. (laughs) I'm hoping. And that means you're good light. And somebody is attracted to you because you're good light. And they want to be in your light because the darkness has been incredibly hard. It's been everything that's gone wrong lives in that darkness. And they're looking and seeking and grabbing for the light. And it looks like you have it. You might have it, right? They're looking for you and they're they're, They saw something and they're connecting with you. I wish that I had had this mindset when I this idea or this understanding, if you will, when I was the moth and I maybe could have come at people a little less aggressively, but I also wish I had more of that awareness when I had people coming at me because I do believe I am light and I believe you are light, but we can't change what was, we can only change where we're going, right? What we're doing right now and where we're going, staying present and making that plan to change how we are approaching all of these. I'm not perfect at this. I'm not perfect at this. I get annoyed at people. I mean, I don't know if they're, you know, for that reason, but I get annoyed at people. We all do. Somebody posted a joke the other day, you know, before you get married, you should uh, sit in traffic with them for two hours. And I was like, nobody would get married. I don't think there's anybody sitting in traffic or, you know, who, who's just like, it's okay. Actually, immediately one person came to mind. Her name is Rachel. (laughs) I have a feeling Rachel would be like, this is a great day to look at the sky. And I'd be like, it's hot. Get me out of this car. So I, I just, I just want to remind you all that, you know, trauma or not, let's be kind and gentle to each other and with each other and to ourselves as well. Grace and gentleness. We have nothing but the capacity to do so. We just don't always do it. And if you have something going on in your life and you feel like you might be the moth and you're not sure, you know, where the light is or who to turn to, you know, my hand is always up to say, "Hey, pick me. I'm not immediately able to respond to, you know, messages or emails or, you know, Facebook whatever, but I do respond. I do respond. And if it's not something I can do to help you, you know, I want to be able to point you in the right direction. But as a trauma informed person first, and coach and writer, I have the ability to just hold space. And I absolutely extend that to you. And I just hope and pray that you just keep seeking the light no matter where you are, whether you are one or the other on one side or the other, just keep seeking the light. And I will see you all next Monday. Thanks for tuning in to the Angela Giles Clocky podcast. You can find me online at AngelaGilesClocky.com. And if you're up for a memoir, my book is available on Amazon. The first 22 years are the hardest by Angela Giles Clocky. It is available in Kindle format. $4.99 or on Kindle Unlimited, which means zero. And as a paperback, right now at $6.97. If for some reason none of those options work for you, give me an email angelagilesclockey at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.